0: On this week's Bet the Process podcast, we have a crazy Canadian who's going to give us some knowledge on how he got into sports betting and on why Rufus probably was not patient zero in the COVID world. And then he's gonna we're going to give some golf bets that probably are going to be useless to you because by the time this posts, they're already going to be gone. So you'll be able to see how we did or maybe not. So with that, let's start the process.
1: the process. Bet, bet, bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not the typical cookie-cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a town with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking. We're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody
0: rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data, analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The Welcome to a uh, special edition Another special edition, probably the most specialist edition we've ever had of the Bet the Process podcast, where we have this Canadian dude that bets on American sports, which I don't know how that'll all evolve, but we'll figure it out, and and Rufus Peabody, patient zero COVID Twitter dude. Um, so how are you guys all doing with quarantine? Or are we no longer quarantine Because COVID's over, right? COVID's over.
1: Yeah. I mean... I'm Ever since I got COVID, I I, I haven't been quarantined myself. Um, I, I'm still wearing the mask in public because I don't want to be judged a, as that guy. You know, I, that's not that's not who I want to be. But the quarantine ended for me a long time ago.
0: I feel you on that, Rob. I was, you know, I'm the same way. I wear a mask outside. I just went running today. I didn't wear a mask while running. Some people are. I don't know how they're doing that, but I feel like I, I'm, I'm being socially appropriate. But I think it's like. I remember at the Sloan Conference, Rob, you were telling me how afraid you were, basically, to be there because of COVID, and I mean, because you um, you were you're more vulnerable, and how when you got home, your your plan was to isolate for a month, and then it turns and, you, and it turns out you're hanging out with the one guy that's going to give you COVID the whole time without even knowing it.
1: I remember um, we we were out at uh, I can't remember what that hotel is in Boston. It was like the half hotel half lounge experience that we we had that night. Jeff was there as well. Liberty, um, Liberty, Liberty Hotel. Yeah, that that was it. And and we were talking. We were saying uh, we are trying to put odds on or the or the probability on the likelihood of, of someone within that hotel having COVID at the time. Um, and I I remember I was on the side of it's much higher than we're letting on and uh, I won't say who there was a couple people were calling me crazy but I said it's it's probably greater than a 50 percent chance that someone here right now has COVID and they thought I was absolutely insane and then we all went
0: home about a week
1: later and everybody we all had
0: it yeah what do you so you were saying before we came on that you thought that there was a high likelihood that Rufus was not patient zero so who do you think was patient zero well, here's the
1: thing. We know, we know that you can be asymptomatic and still spread the virus, although it seems like people that are symptomatic or showing symptoms are more likely to spread it. My recollection of that week or, and that night at Liberty Hotel, like Spanky was, he was sweating pretty hard, and he was not looking like he was in great shape. Like we went to the cigar bar together afterwards. I mean, Rufus, you look normal. I know your fiance. Like a day later, was really ill, and she was perfectly fine. The only person that seemed like they were a little lethargic was Spanky. So I, I'm not entirely convinced. I don't, we'll never know. I mean, we we went out to a group dinner where we all
0: shared meals from the same dishes. So what what, that, what odds? Would asking, you, what odds would you give that I have antibodies, knowing what I did?
1: I'd say very high.
0: Like really. Like, Oh, I, I'd i say greater than 90%. Jesus. That's awesome. I need to get tested. What? Okay. How about this though? You got to complicate things by what are the odds that I actually test positive for antibodies? Cause then you have to multiply your 90% times another probability. And I know multiplication is difficult for you.
1: <laughs> I, I actually don't, I don't know the specifics of the antibody test or how it works. I really don't. I haven't been, uh, reading up too much about that. So I can't tell you specifics but i i, I think honestly <laughs> everyone who was in that cigar room had had COVID with an extreme likelihood and honestly well, we got
0: it after yeah but but i, I had it then somebody had it then well, i i mean i was the first one to mm-hmm. t- like to basically test positive and and rob like in all probability it was me given that Two weeks before that, I was in Rufus New York wants, City. You can tell how much I Rufus was riding. I was riding him. the subway in New York City. Then I was in California, then I was in Colorado. Like I was basically in a bunch of public places and, like, and New York was, like, was hit pretty hard. But Rob, I thought you were gonna blame it on Joey Knish.
1: No, he wasn't there, so I can't. I'd love to blame oh. it on him. I do love blaming things on him in general. But I mean, here's the thing. Well, Rufus, prior to, prior to Boston, I had been in Israel I had been in London, which was pretty much a hot spot as well for a week leading up to that. So i had done all sorts of traveling through all sorts of airports as well. We'll, we'll never know who the, the originator was, so to speak. But uh, I mean, we all had it in some, some may have been asymptomatic and they'll never even know if it, unless they get an antibody test. But we were in very close proximity for the entire week. Yeah.
0: Well, let, let's let's switch gears a little bit. What have you been doing during quarantine? Have you normally, so I've been following you on Twitter. Um, and just to be honest, Rob and I don't know each other particularly well. We basically, I just know his Twitter persona and how he trolls people. But I wanted to um, ask you, Is is are, have you been betting golf your whole life or is this sort of a new thing for you?
1: Uh, no, it's fairly new. It's within the last couple of
0: years. I,
1: I actually, I think jokingly, it really wasn't a joke, but I told Rufus that I was coming for him at one point, or that I, I really wanted to steal some of his golf edge. And I think he thought it was a joke. And then I talked to him a year later, and I'm like, Rufus, I've been working on golf, and he's like, No, I thought like I didn't really realize that was for real. I wouldn't have been telling you these things that I was working on. But uh, no, it, it's something that I'm always just like looking to expand into things that interest me. Uh, I kind of got bored of baseball, to be completely honest with you, just because. I live in Canada. It's cold for most of the year in Toronto. It's a beautiful city in the summer. I want to get out. I don't want to be at my computer betting baseball all day. And that kind of sucked for a while. So I was like, what, what can I do that um, I don't have to be at my computer at all hours and, and kind of golf replace that for me. So it's more of a recent thing. Um, and I mean, who knows how long this will last. It's been going well now, but, uh, I might change my mind on it in a couple of years. We'll see.
0: So what, uh, what is your, because I, one of the things I noticed um, in that first tournament afterwards, where we all were on Morikawa, you had burger. So interesting to like, think about like, where are you, have you and Rufus ever compared notes about why you were on Berger and he was on Morikawa and how you got Bur- uh, Morikawa to miss Three three-footers that led to the victory? How did you do that? I, did,
1: I didn't. I mean, I'll admit that there is a, a lot of luck involved. Me and Rufus don't compare numbers. But occasionally when we're in touch, there's been a few times where, where we do. And, and I think we've been on a lot of opposites. Uh, part of the reason for that, just in general, is, is the market respects Rufus quite a bit. So he gets down early on a, on a matchup. Did you say under
0: your, you say under your breath there, what, a bunch of fools?
1: Well, I mean, I'll say it out loud. Really, I don't. I don't have to mutter it under my breath. But no, the market respects Rufus. It's like this happens in every sport. I recall it from in many sports that I've bet on, where there's just someone in market that will really, really push numbers to a direction where all of a sudden it opens up value on another side. When we were at Sloan in Boston, me and Rufus were comparing our our matchups for the week, and I'm pretty sure like. Literally seventy-five percent of my matchups were opposite of Rufus uh, at that point, but they were the the point is they were they were completely different numbers. It's right. not like we were opposite different each process. other at the same number. We were opposite at like forty cents
0: apart. So that's pretty fascinating, though. So when you bet those against Rufus, I know it wasn't against Rufus. Were were the numbers still where you wanted them to be at? You know, when when things actually teed off, meaning like. Is it a sound strategy for me to literally just ask Rufus what he bet and then fade it right at the time of, of, uh, of you know, the, the actual tournament going off? Which is not the same as saying fade Rufus because you're getting it at a price that he's basically manipulated to where it is.
1: Right. And, and this reminds baseball about three or four years ago now, um, Rufus will remember the group that I'm talking about, but they would hit a baseball game. Literally everywhere, right? Pinnacle, Chris. Is this Berry Horse? Not Berry Horse. Previous yeah. to Berry Horse. Um, Wait, there's
0: baseball betting previous to Berry Horse?
1: Well, we, we I mean, it's forgotten since <laughs> since, since Berry Horse. Has, you know, taken, well,
0: and also since baseball uh, is largely forgotten. It's, true. it's true. Since they've, they've
1: been worried them. about whether they're going to play a 64-game season or a 56-game season, like,
0: <laughs> what, what a waste of time. It's incredible. Like,
1: yeah, it's, it's nuts, but... Yeah, it's the same thing at that time in baseball. There was someone in market. They'd hit everything on screen, money line, run line, team totals, whatever. The lines in the games would move like 35, 40 cents, and it'd open up value on the other side. And if you did bet the opposite side of every single one of those games, you would have won over the, over the long term. I, I don't know. I don't I don't know Rufus's exact plays. I don't get to see everything that he bets. But there's probably uh, – I, I I don't know if it's plus EV or not, Rufus. Maybe you have an opinion on that. But the numbers you're betting are moving quite a bit. I, I imagine that there is some value in the other sides. I mean, it depends on what your actual edges are when you're betting them. Um, if you're betting ten percent edges, then probably not. But two three percent, then certainly there's value on the other side. Uh,
0: I'm, I'm not I'm not betting two or three cent or two or three percent edges. I'm I'm betting or edges that are allegedly higher than that. Um, okay, but. But no, you're, I mean, you're right. I think sometimes the market does overreact. And I think, um, I, I'm not, I, back in the day we would bet, you know, we, we would be back when we were moving golf through, um, a, a bunch of different, a bunch of different betting partners who are hitting everything at the same time. And we had a stretch, we had a stretch of like three months in like, I think it was late 2011, maybe where we hit uh, it, we were like hitting seventy percent on matchups over like a three month stretch, which is you know maybe that's like let's say eight matchups a week. in like, tournament matchups. toddler total alert. And but we would be betting something at minus one ten. No 110. one makes seventy percent, Rufus. Are you saying seventy percent over three we, we, months? We, for it was every it was ridiculous. Match-up. We were running really hot, Jeff. They, they made no, four bets.
1: Hard. They made four bets over the course of three months and went through. exactly. And
0: it had to be seventy five percent. But we were seventy so. percent. So okay. uh, anyway, we were we were just like absolutely destroying it. And we would be betting something at minus one ten that I had a true price of minus like one twenty-six and it would be like it would move immediately to like, you know, minus one thirty, and then it moved move to minus one fifty, and then it moved to minus one sixty five. Like just and and it's because a lot of these betting partners were like, Oh, you know, this guy can't lose. I'm you know, I'm gonna get more, you know, I'm, I'm gonna fill the position for him and then I'm gonna get more for myself because this is such, you know. Such a good bet. And 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 so I I like I would be like, Hey, can I come in and take some like plus one forty five on the other side? Um, but you, you can't really go to those betting partners and be like, Hey, I want to grab a plus one forty five, uh, you know, when they're like, Oh shit, I literally was just betting like minus one forties because you, you don't tell them to bet that. But I mean, I think it's yeah, they're, it's, they're just it's why these guys. The it's hard. It's why hard. these guys aren't like, you know, making numbers themselves. Well, there's a lot of I mean there the psychology of tailing someone and missing the right number but yet still wanting to get down some action and not understanding that you went from a positive ev bet to a negative EV bet, v bet because the money moved it is such a hard thing for people to understand like they're like oh yeah what price do you, how about at this and they still most people will still end up betting it if they're degenerates for sure right because they but, think like they're still it's like expert. investing in DraftKings now right
1: right, <laughs> right. I mean that's a decent comparison. I think but, you guys both—you guys both know that I, I ran a tout site for a year, so I ran predictionmachine.com for a year. Um, and oh, it, that evil, you. Rob. You're evil. It was. I, it was the originator was the original founder was someone different, and he sold the business, and I ran it for a year. And essentially, wait, we going
0: to stop this podcast. I thought we had a no touts thing anymore.
1: Well, oh no, we have Preston on all the time.
0: So
1: uh, Look. <laughs> I tried to, I tried to tout in the best way possible.
0: Everybody does. That is a good person, but it's just hard, right?
1: It is. But I, I will say this is not fluff. Like this, this is serious. I took over the product models that I did not believe in. When I reviewed the code myself, they weren't sold. Those subscriptions weren't sold. I rewrote models on site, which were the same models that I was using to bet myself. Whoever bought a subscription, a prediction machine in the year I was running it won money. That is an absolute guarantee if they were betting properly. But the challenge is exactly what you just said, Jeff. So you could put out something that's like, you know, Yankees minus 120. And we even had a tool on site, which would allow you to, to calculate what your bet size would be if the line moved and changed numbers. People don't want that. The average person does not give a show no. that yeah. it is, tell me what to bet. You told me Yankees minus 120 is good. I'm betting Yankees minus 150 now. I don't care because I want to be on the same side as you. And really trying to educate the average person on that, it doesn't work. The people just, for some reason or another, they're not price sensitive. I don't know
0: what it is. Maybe it'll develop over time. It's just. No, I mean, I don't, I don't think it will. And I, I, so I saw you guys both tweeted out stuff about this this week about outrights and shopping for the right prices on outrights. But even just the other day, I texted Rufus, "I'm like, just give me some outrights to follow." Like, and of course, like it, you know, where I can get things down are pretty sharp markets typically. So it's not like I'm getting any value after Rufus has wreaked havoc on the market. So I am getting his leftovers, but you know, like it's still for me just even even myself who understands the value, like the the notion of edge and like why it's stupid to like get Rufus's leftovers. It's still hard to not be like oh, well, I'll just, you know, take a, take a gamble on this. And that's like the difference at the core between the two of you guys who are professionals and the, the average gambler, right? Because they're just doing it to have fun. And so the concept of edge is just foreign to them. And that, that's why I think it's very interesting, like even just the stance of people that we know, like, you know, like Spanky or anyone like that about the way the market is evolving in the United States. It's It's not evolving in a way that, is catering to people making money off it. It's just a recreational, it's a recreational, edu- you know, um, entertainment experience. And I, I can't say that's wrong in a lot of ways, because honestly, like the whole notion of people being able to, it's, it's, I, we go back to this. It's just like card counting, right? It's like if, if, if blackjack, we, they really allowed wanted people to make a living off of it. It'd be a completely different thing. Like they're never going to let that happen. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, know I, I agree with a lot of that. I think
1: one of the biggest challenges is the content that's out there right now as well. And I'm especially noticing this for golf, right? Golf is really, soccer's back, but, but golf was back quickly. And, and this is what recreational bettors were gravitating to. Okay, there's something to bet on. I can get involved in golf. And naturally, everyone that's producing content for sports betting is going to start producing golf betting content. I tried to consume some of the stuff that was out there over the course of the last couple weeks. There's some people that are, are uh, that are actually producing legitimate content. The vast majority of it is, is complete garbage and it's nonsense and it's stuff that I would never even consider factoring in uh, or, or people who've just lost the, the plot completely. And the average person is just is consuming this sports betting content picks especially, especially if they're free they're just going to go bet that themselves as well. So, I mean, the the lack of education and just who's informing the recreational better is, is certainly contributing to a lot of this as well.
0: Okay. I, lo- I love reading the stuff that says, oh, stats that are important on this course, like guys with good bogey avoidance, like, You know, I mean, it's like literally somebody went through and it's like, oh, you know, if we look at the past five winners, they all were good in these particular stats. And I'm like, well, you know, if you if you look at how one player did, that's a great way, you know, per year. That's a great way to figure out how a course plays rather than looking at 156 players. The winner is usually pretty good in strokes, gain T to green. Yeah, the winner actually is the best, usually the best score um, as it pertains to like lowest score. Okay, I want to ask you guys a real question, though, because I think this is probably a fascinating question. I'm, I wish I could ask you guys this independently and then have you answer. Um, Rufus, you should put your put your uh, thing on, like not mute, the opposite of mute, like turn your volume off for a second so you can't hear this. Make it, you want me to actually do that? Okay, will you wave your arms when it's time for me to listen? Sure. Okay, I'll do that. I'll I'll turn off my sound. Okay. So, Rob, having... Talk to Rufus about his bets and seeing his bets, kind of, and compared notes. What would you think is the biggest difference between your, you know, system and his system, and why you guys come out like just one thing that you think? I don't want you to give up that much edge, but what do you think the bit like if you were to say one thing that's that he does differently than you? I'm sure you have an opinion on this.
1: Uh, I do. I, I actually think Rufus is working with different data than I am for golf. So I think he's value, He's using something with shot link data that is differentiating his model from mine.
0: Okay. So I, I I think it's a data set that's, that's different. Okay, Rufus. So, okay. we um, You guys have compared notes on golf before you're like to reverse engineer things. What would you say is uh, the biggest difference between your stuff and Rob's stuff, which leads you guys to different conclusions. I don't know, because I don't I don't know a lot about Rob's process. No, I know, but you've seen what he's picked and what like what would you say? Or at the core, like and, and I think like Rob probably nailed what this is and knowing you I kind of think I think he's right. So maybe we'll just leave it at this and like we'll never you'll never know if you don't answer and you'll actually have to listen to the podcast <laughs> once and listen to your own voice, which drives you crazy. So maybe we should just leave this as like a, a non-spoiler and we won't tell you. I'm, th- I'm thinking about it here. I mean, There's literally smoke coming out of Rufus's ears right now. If you guys can't see this on the podcast, because it's all audio. I use that time to update, uh, to rerun the odd scraper for all the legal US sports books. And and I'm, I'm re, you know recalculating my edges here um, for round two stuff, but I'm probably a little more automated. I don't know. Is that, that's, but, that's, that's, the, that's probably problem. not, with the edges. So, I don't am do you know. I'm, I'm just trying to gauge by Rob's face, but I'm having trouble doing that. Um, um I, so he thinks here. that he thinks that you have a component in your model for height and weight of the golfer and he does not have that data, <laughs> data on the height or weight of the golfer. <laughs> is that true or not true? That is, I do not have height and weight of golfers, but just I, I that <laughs> was, Rob, was, was Rob saying how I use that for baseball. Well, no, I was about to to say that for baseball, Rufus does use like this sort of, you know, like body mass index shit to figure out how much to regress someone's performance based on, you know, whether they're outliers or not. You don't want to be regressing like Ryan Howard to the same home run rate back in when he was good as like Cesar Torres, who weighs like 140 pounds.
1: I get that, but but I use biorhythms instead. Biorhythms.
0: Holy shit, you're way out of my league. He does a lot I don't of know what use, biorhythms are. I, I do
1: not use biorhythms.
0: Do you, but I, I what actually, about the circadian so much, rhythms?
1: I know. Rob, how did you get How you get into betting? How did I get into betting? Yeah, uh, it was pretty rampant uh, in high school for me. Uh, I live in a a pretty degenerate community that where there's a uh, heavy. Did you grow up in Canada? I did. I grew up in Toronto, the outskirts of Toronto, uh, and I've
0: lived here my whole life. So, Um, like, why don't you just bet on, like, hockey and curling? You actually bet on American sports? If curling had a large market, I would bet it heavily. It
1: doesn't. I do bet on hockey. I bet bet more on hockey than any sport, period.
0: What did you think of the guy that Rufus was working with on hockey? Oh, I've had lots of wait. We're not talking – this is is off-limits content here. We're not talking about anyone. We're just saying, like, what did you think of him?
1: I will not say his name. I I respect
0: him – very much as an individual yeah let's 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 okay we'll move we'll move on he's a he was a very he is he was and is a very smart guy okay
1: we'll move on from that rob
0: i I have a question what what would you consider uh, no one more thing on hockey because i'm fascinated about hockey because if i could not knowing crap about hockey tail rob and just have a hockey sweat a hockey sweat seems like an amazing sweat by the way just because of the binary aspect of everything It just what what is like thinking of sweat in ice at the same time it's just it's a nice do you know hockey players dichotomy. sweat a lot though rufus right like that's not an ironic i played hockey thing. before they have so many effing pads i've played ice hockey with pads on not I played one hockey it, rufus, one intramural hockey, game not field i played hockey, one intramural, game. Played hockey, one intramural game of of ice hockey back at Yale my senior year because my my uh, roommate was hey, by the, the way captain did you know that Eli- and i scored a goal because i tried to hit a slap shot like i just positioned myself somewhere and like I tried to hit a slap shot and I faked the goalie because I like didn't hit it very hard and I think the goalie thought it was going to be hit hard and I scored a goal and it was great what what is your what do you think the biggest advantage you get in hockey is if you were just like off the top top like what's where's the advantage there is it the classic sort of like not like measuring scoring chances instead of actual goals or like that type of stuff
1: uh there's I think I have a lot of lot of competitive advantages in hockey. Um, one of them is the data set that I use, which is not entirely available publicly, um, which would be a significant advantage. Uh, the second is just the automation work that we've put into hockey and the ability to get down very quickly on any changes, uh, major changes, which significantly helps, uh, especially since it's a sport for me where I don't have a ton of volume in general. Um, and rely on reacting to, to news quite regularly. So th- those would be the, the main two. Uh,
0: okay, Rufus, what would you like to ask our, our fine guest? And just so you know, Eli Yale was a slave trader. That's the. Ooh, that, that's pretty bad. That's not, that's, that's definitely that's not a, slave, like a owner, slave owner. That's or. a slave trader. And, and Rufus... It's like the difference the between team. a drug user and a drug dealer, except... It's well, it depends where, on what the drugs are at that point, so it's a bad analogy. Kind no, of but like. I, yeah, I guess what I'm saying is it's like the difference between someone that. Sorry, I, I don't want. I shouldn't say. I'm going to say things I should like that. I, I think are, should you probably should, we should, should probably, probably just it, do this I I, on. I, yeah. yeah, let's move on. What, what um, did you want to ask, Rob? I've been watching too much wire recently. Um, so Rob, in building a model, like, what is what is your process? Are you, um, you said we? Are you do you have a team of people doing this? Are you, um, are you like the CEO with a, bun- a, gr- a bunch of people? Or is it just like you and a partner? And what's like, I guess, when you started to build a hockey model, like how did you approach it?
1: Um, this is a decade ago, uh, my first hockey model, but it was in Excel. Um, and it was just pretty simple simple it was based off of uh shots on goal and, and scoring chances at the time because those were the most predictive metrics available until additional metrics started coming out and i started building on that uh, i've made it pretty known before i studied computer science in, in university but i actually never applied that coming out of university because i worked in sports media for many years where i had no reason to to apply my computer science background. So when I started to get back into it, I just felt like I was so far lost and I had to relearn everything that I started essentially outsourcing um, to, to coders that would be able to build the models for me to make them quicker, essentially. So it all started with me building everything in Excel. I was running Monte Carlo Sims in Excel that were literally oh, taking man. like an hour to run. But, uh, and it wasn't enough simulations like the, the variance on it was, was absurd because I, I couldn't run enough sims in time. So at some point I had to, to bring other people into the mix. But uh, I, I do it's, – it's complex. I wouldn't say that I have a partner, but I have a, a very close associate um, that we collaborate together on a number of things. He was the first person that ever pro- uh, approached me and essentially put me on a free roll. Uh, where I was betting money that was, for me, a lot of money at the time, for free. I mean, risk-free. If I was to lose, I wouldn't have had to pay anything. We won a lot of money together to the point where I was building my own bankroll and able to put up my own equity at that point. Uh, And then over time, we just started expanding together into other sports, and it it, it worked out that way.
0: So have you only ever been a professional better? No, he was in sports media before. I, and okay, I want to hear you how you, sports, I hear you, how you went from computer science background to get into the media side. Like, Okay.
1: So I was, I was at the university of Toronto as I was working towards a, uh, double major in computer science and applied statistics. Um,
0: which is literally like the perfect, that's that, that is the perfect background for being a sports better. I would say.
1: I agree. The problem was I, I was a very shitty student. N- uh, Uh, I don't, this is going to sound really arrogant, not from an an intelligence level, but the fact that I didn't want to take courses that I didn't care about. So we had all these electives like sociology, philosophy, whatever. So rather than doing those, I would just go to like my intro to stats class plus second year stats class. Um, And I basically found out when all the computer science and stats classes were. And I would just go to those strictly. So I was never going to graduate anyways. I was just trying to gain as much knowledge as I could uh, because I was never really interested. And while this was happening in Toronto, the score, uh, which is now operating in New Jersey as a, as a sports book, but uh, the score um, had a television station and they were just launching a radio station on Sirius satellite radio. It was called hardcore sports radio. And I was a listener and what loved me what I loved right away about this radio station is it was centered on gambling. I mean, it was sports talk, but it was like people talking at a bar uh, almost like we conversations we're having right now and, and very centered on sports gambling. And I was gambling at the time I used to call into the station pretty regularly. And at some point I just called in and I, I asked one of the producers if I could have an internship there because I love the station so much. And they said, sure, come on in. So I was going to school nine to five I drive straight to downtown Toronto, six to two every day, uh, put in my time there. And then they essentially offered me, um, they offered me a part-time role, which turned into a full-time role. And I just decided to to go with it. So that, I mean, that's, I dropped out of school to be a full-time radio producer, uh, eventually became a radio host. I will say that I was, uh, I essentially hosted a covers infomercial for a year as well not knowing any better at the time, really, because I, I didn't know anything about sports betting other than I bet on sports, and I loved it. I were you doing, were it. you doing well at that time? Oh, no, horribly. Losing tons okay. of money. Like, I, I was in debt where I had to actually, like, do collections for the sports books that I owed money to
0: locally. Uh, I couldn't pay my debt. That sounds like a legal sports book, huh? It, it's. <laughs> so what changed it? I mean, so it sounds like, I mean, no offense, but it sounds like you were a degenerate at the time, huh? One hundred percent. See the thing about you Rufus have... that you have to understand is that Rufus does not really understand that degenerates can actually be positive EV players. Also, we we just have leaks in our game at times. It's like you know, once you once you see the positive EV world, of course that's what you want. But you still got a little bit a little bit of gamble in you. Well, I think most people though, when they start, are not winning. I think there's the process of losing and learning. And I think that people learn, you learn more from losing than you do from winning, for sure. That's very profound. That's why we paused for a second, just because it was profound. Um, Um, I wanted to hear Rob's perspective on this, on the transition from being a losing better to being a winning better.
1: But I I can't, I can't pinpoint it, but it's exactly what you said, right? You get to a point where you come to a realization of I'm not winning. I'm not going to win. Uh, no, no matter how many sports games I watch, which, which was part of the ego for me, right? It's like, I watch so much sports. How can I not win at betting sports? It makes no sense to me. And then you just come to some sort of turning point where you're like, okay, I have to do something differently because this is not working. Um, and that's when I started to put my modeling to use. That's when I first developed, I mean, very, very basic models at that point. Um, but I was really trying to learn and consume as much as I could at that point Uh, you know, I started learning about closing line value at that time and really putting an emphasis on that. Before I started betting again, I had tracked for probably a year and a half worth of bets. Um, And honestly it gave me the same rush as as betting, even though I wasn't putting money down. So it was kind of filling the void for me um, just to, to satisfy the ego of, I need to be able to prove to myself I can win at this. Uh, and it was working. And then what I started doing was just posting my models, outputs to Twitter. And I did that for like a year, maybe even two years before someone just messaged me in my DMS and said, Hey Rob, um, would you be interested in having a conversation? I said, sure. And I uh, jumped on the, a phone call with someone who said, listen, you're posting your numbers every day. It's affecting our ability to get down on baseball games because someone's betting them on screen immediately. So we'd like you to not post them anymore. And here's the offer we're going to make for you. And that's essentially how it all got started for me.
0: And how long ago was this?
1: Uh, I'm horrible with time. My estimate is five years ago.
0: The rest is history, huh?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, i've done well i've done well i i, I have life goals right just I, I, and for me there's like i talked to rufus about this rufus told me you know he hadn't taken a day off in years i can't i can't do that right that's just not who i am in general i need to find a balance oh, yeah,
0: you're working on golf
1: right i'm working on at my actual golf game now
0: yeah we okay. all need to go play golf rufus is gonna have to give us a shitload of strokes which is great no i i think rufus you're 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 like mid 80s right you're like a, 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 a t- 10.7 handicap okay but yeah. he got down to like low single digits right you were like no, a no. one or I, two for a while wait you're not talking to me are you i'm just messing with you okay um yeah. okay <laughs> can we can we talk about um closing line value as you were talking about and it reminded me of something since we've learned that closing line value doesn't matter from our friends at jambos what what's going on with them does anyone know what's going on with them during this whole COVID thing
1: it's really hard to tell when there's
0: no sports so Rubens, have you him. talked to schwimmer recently no i um i he he kind of well he made a threat to me via like because i had posted something he didn't like on twitter and he literally like threatened to like try to like he's like i know everything about what you do and i can like create all sorts of legal problems for you and i'm like look what i do is legal i don't know but basically he was just like i'm gonna go all kamikaze on you if you don't delete it so i deleted it and blocked his number and blocked him on twitter and i was just like i'm done with this guy but and you really were done with them because literally i can count the amount of times you told me you were done with swimmer i can't even count them on my hands right no, that, like, that was my, my last my last communication i remember i was driving up to new hampshire and he kept he kept texting me being like i was like look i'll, I'll take it down like you know and it was like every five minutes, like it was, it was, it was kind of, it was a funny little temper tantrum he was having, but, um, yeah, but I think they're doing stuff as far as I know, or at least they were, um, from people I know that are not at Jambos, uh, they're like basically trying to like seed markets in Europe and stuff. You know, they're trying, they're trying to do the sort of syndicate thing a little bit, but I heard that they, I mean, through the grapevine, I heard that they've had some struggles, but, I mean, that was also back in, like, you know, March that I heard this. They were, like, they were still trying to bet every NBA game, which is, you know, probably not a recipe for success. But Okay, how about this, guys? So, sports is opening back up. We believe it's going to open back up at some point, right? Rufus, first of all, I don't know, Rob, if you know, but Rufus and I have a bet on one of the, whether the NFL will open on time. I think I have the edge on that now. Roof Jeff took way. the no for people that. No, know, I, know I, I think I done was done. looking a lot better. I, I think the lesson though is that these, this, it's changing. Dynamic it's really uncertainty. Changing people a lot. have trouble managing, modeling dynamic uncertainty, right? I think right. And, and you think you're a big favorite now. I thought I was a big, and I think you would agree that I was a. I, that we we both thought. I mean, I was you were a big favorite, a favorite pre-COVID. You're right. You were a big favorite pre-COVID. <laughs>
1: They, they canceled the Hall of Fame game, right? Yeah, that was the
0: first blow against you. The, the pro they're they're not the regular. They're,
1: they're not, not starting
0: not. the regular season on time. They're, they're not. Kids. They, they are. They are starting. It. So, so you oh. think Rufus is a favorite now?
1: I I know what's happening, and I see the, the the increase in cases in the southern U.S. right now, and it's second wave is is happening. It's not
0: even a second wave. It's, it's true. true. This is
1: like part of first the first wave. wave. Yeah, but like it's the nfl like they don't give a shit they're they're gonna start they're just they're gonna that's do it.
0: incredible so you would take you would you would bet me at even money that they start on time i would yes rob you want to join jeff you want another thousand dollars on this then sure i'll take another 1000 i'm spouting my mouth off so i'll take another thousand dollars let's do rob let's do ours for charity sure you get to pick whatever charity i donate to Sounds or good. vice versa Yep. Um, okay, so sports is going to open back up at some point. Are there any – like, do you think there are going to be big advantages to be had, or do you think it's just going to be such a mess that you're like, I, I don't even want to touch this? I'm
1: in the case of the latter. Um, like, e- even smaller things, like home field advantage in an empty stadium, right? Um, I, I I have a guess as to what that is. I don't like betting with a lot of uncertainty. And I know a lot of people view it as an opportunity to be better than other people in market at doing that stuff. But for me, that's always bothered me. I always like to really, really be able to quantify my edge as best as I feel possible. And the reality is, just in my personal life now, I've gotten focused on so many other things that the thought of sports coming back is just not appealing to me to get back to the grind that's That's the real honest answer for you,
0: but you're grinding on on golf right now, right?
1: but it's not really a grind like it, it, it's you're not, automated it, yeah, it's not yeah. a lot of work it, it's it really is nothing it, I mean it's a little more stressful because I sit at my computer screen you know refreshing the leaderboard when i got my draft that's board. just
0: that's not that's just joy. It's letting not, golf is just joy like when you're just sitting there and you're like. Okay, so the app says that he's in the fairway, so hopefully this is – and then you, like, see the visualization of where the ball landed, but yet, like, one of the screens hasn't quite caught up, so you're like, maybe he didn't really land it that close. Maybe there's a data error. Anyways. I I,
1: I get that. I mean, it's just – it's unneeded – anxiety and stress like I was sitting on on my back patio last week I can't remember who I had in a matchup against Matt Kuchar last week but Kuchar closed birdie 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 to push
0: oh my god I I had that same shit that was on that was on the second day day it was a matchup it was a matchup versus Justin Rose that's the was it Rose round matchup I don't think it was Rose. I didn't bet Rose. Last. No, no, no. It wasn't. Kucher against Burger was Rose. a matchup I had. No, no, I had no. Kucher against Burger. Uh, obviously, I lost. I had that exact same one because he was way. The guy he was playing against was way down. It was Rose. He was way down, and then he all of a sudden he he actually turned it around where he was way up, and then Kucher went birdie, birdie, birdie. I remember this really well.
1: I, I had Duffner against Kucher. That's who it was for me. Okay. I, uh, Rose,
0: okay. I had Rose. I had Rose against and, Kuchar.
1: And it was a it was like plus 160, plus 165, something like that. And Duffner I think had finished the round 5 under and Kuchar was 2 under with 3 holes to go. And went birdie 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 while well, I'm just refreshing on my phone. Every single like why I didn't even pull up a live stream? I couldn't tell not like they would have showed Kuchar anyways on
0: on 18 but yeah. yeah it was There's something alluring about just watching it refresh and like I'll be like able to watch something on a television, like if I'm traveling and I'm like, no, I'd just rather refresh my phone because I feel like I have more control if I refresh my phone or something like it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, Rufus got any more questions for Rob? Yeah. Um, how, wait, how'd you end up doing last week? Uh, last week was pretty big. but uh, I, I, I
1: had, I got killed in round three last week, which, which ruined what would have been a really good tournament again. Um So round it best. was, it was a small profit, but round three was an absolute disaster for me. Uh, it was – most of my plays were underdogs round three, and, and really I think like one or two of them came through. So that that put a damper on it. But, uh, fuck, I had so many guys in contention for outrights again on Sunday. And then
0: uh, – <sighs> Yeah. Just- Griffiths, how did you do? I know the answer to this I, question, I but how did you do? I returned negative 36%. We've, a, a negative, do you, do you me and my partners lost can... $260,000 on it. So, <laughs> believe it or not, I am very, this week, like, I feel kind of gun shy. Like, I'm still betting this stuff, but I'm just like, if you have a bad week, like, that, first of all, like, Morikawa blowing it, Morikawa um, and Shoffley, like, I mean, that still was a good week, but like, um, but this was like twice as bad as that week was good. And that week would have been like really, really good, you know, if it hadn't been for the ending. And now I'm just like, you know, I just don't want the bad momentum to, to continue. Do you know what I mean? When you're like on, if you we were a- playing a poker game, we were playing a poker game the weekend after whatever that tournament. And I think we determined in like a seven person poker game that collectively there was like half a million dollars over half a million dollars lost on Murakawa, not Making any of those three putts, and it probably all just went directly to you, right? No, Hopefully no, not. Uh, I I don't think so. I mean, l- l-
1: l- I'm I'm not like to lose two sixty in a week. Rufin, that's a lot, man. That's a lot 30, of for me. Negative thirty six percent ROI. So that's you're over six hundred k
0: risk. I mean, that uh, that includes DFS too,
1: right? But overall, I, I'm I'm not risking anywhere near that level of money in a, in a given week. So, no, I didn't take all the money that you were going to win on Joffley or Morikawa and win it on Burger. but it was, a, it was a really nice score for me, um, especially in the wake of nothing else going on. Like, I'm betting some UFC stuff and some Australian rugby and uh, I, some eSport. Like, I, I, I'm just – I got nothing going on, literally nothing aside from PGA right
0: now. So my real question um and this is one that I think is actually really interesting. Do you think I mean right now the surge in popularity of golf betting and DFS golf do you th- what do you think that is going to do for the golf betting market long term both in terms of um and in ter- especially in terms of um the efficiency of the market. Do you think basically we have a bunch like a bunch of people are getting into it and analyzing it that weren't before and is it is it going to make the market more efficient or what's what's your opinion on that
1: logic would say yes but right now it seems from what i've seen so I, I have automated alerts set up for chris and pinnacle right whenever a head-to-head matchup line moves you might have some very similar
0: and i don't and, i don't have the tech savvy you do
1: it's not me that's that's automating that like, but i have access I don't have the staff you do yeah i have access to that and uh, essentially, like when I'm looking through the history, there, there is a lot of battles back and forth on these numbers right now. So I think we've seen an influx of, of people into this market that don't necessarily agree or not necessarily using the same methods to model golf outcomes. Um, I'm also noticing more narrative driven line movement. Um, you might be noticing the same, but this week, Paul Casey and uh, who else? Cantley. Both got faded heavily in market.
0: Well, I, I mean, I was, I was anti those guys. Okay. Um, and, and honestly, the big reason though is is like like. Anytime you one, say in market, it's typically Rufus, right? There's one right. big reason, and and that's um, or I, I don't like that. I don't really actually. I think I I'm not sure I actually have any matchups against them though. But I just know relative to the market, my numbers were quite low um, right. on them. But but you know they have you know, they haven't played a competitive turn around of golf in 18 weeks or whatever it is. And so, I mean, you know, in general, like that doesn't have a positive, like there's, like, obviously they're practicing and stuff, but it's not necessarily the same. And like, you look at Matsuyama last week, a lot of people thought he was going to be good, you know, but then, but, but then you, you just, also
1: have, you just nailed the other golfer I was going to bring up. So it's, it it's you, so so I'll, I'll I faded Matsuyama candy. last
0: week that was I mean you know that was that was some of the positive the the very few positives in the week
1: Matsuyama I didn't touch last week, but this week I have two plus you know so I have one matchup bet on cantley uh against Rose Justin Rose this week uh, I played I think at plus one sixteen but um, w- what i 'm getting at Cantlay is Cantley
0: against Rose yeah, at plus one sixteen okay I'll give you how about, how about now that I have a, a a vested interest in tomorrow and I feel like Rob, you have automated matchups that you're probably already down on. What's, what are some of the good matchups you have tomorrow?
1: Let's see what we got going on here.
0: Let's see my can rose number here. Is that standard rotation? Uh, this is like seeing the sausage made people.
1: My, my biggest edge right now tomorrow is Scotty Scheffler plus 100 against Keegan Bradley.
0: Sheffler against Kiga? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I'm in on that. Hold on, wait, wait, wait till wait. no, no, no. I, I, I think he's a better. You lost, you know, more money than I've ever made in my life last week. So <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I'm, I'm out on. I you. make we, I, I, you said you like Sheffler at what plus 100? Plus 100. Uh, you know, I show a small edge there. I make, I make it minus 104.5. Sheffler. Have you guys life. looked at what happens when you actually agree? I mean, that must be like we, we don't care. We massive don't care. excursions of value. Hey, what do you make? What do you make, ROM tomorrow against uh, Rory? Is that one of the matchups? Uh, I, make, I make Rory minus 101.6.
1: And I, I think I had Rory around minus 109 when I ran earlier. Got it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Rob, um, do you do DF or you, can you do DFS from Canada? I don't know.
1: I'm not in like a third world country over here. I mean, yeah, I, I can't. You can't
0: do it from Nevada. They can probably do a lot more in Canada than we can do here, dude. Oh, sure. But, uh, I do, I do do a so... you know, you know, they have universal healthcare there, right?
1: It's pretty well, cool. It is. And it isn't, I, I I'm diabetic, so I certainly reap the benefits of quote unquote free health care. but we pay a lot of taxes. I mean, I—that's I, just the the nature of. Were you,
0: were you ever, um, were you ever tested positive for COVID? I did, yeah. Oh wow.
1: I mean, Rufus, Rufus messaged me, and thank you for the courtesy. I don't think I ever thanked you, Rufus, but he let me know. He said, like, Eli is, uh, she's she's really sick, and she she you know, she didn't get tested, but the doctors are presuming her positive, and I just want to let you know. And I was like, well, that's great. I've been coughing for a couple days now, and. I've been trying to convince myself I don't have it, but I'm, I'll, I'll
0: get tested, and I did, and I, I tested positive. Were you happy to be positive? Probably not. I
1: was not at the time because, again, the diabetes. So I was concerned. Right. Um, but once it was over with, which, by the way, it took about three weeks for me, not that I ever had severe symptoms, it was always mild coughing, sore throat. That was pretty much it. It took three weeks. But once it was done, I was like, thank God I got this thing early. Yeah, just move on, Um, you know, public health in in Ontario where I'm in, they were still really erring on the side of caution, still quarantine, take things seriously. We don't know if you can get it again, which I think was fair at that point. There was not enough information about the virus, but now it seems very, very likely that I will at least have antibodies for one to two years. So it's been nice to just get out regularly again.
0: But, Any last questions? But wait, for wait, our wait! Guests? I asked him if he plays DFS, and he he, he, he didn't I, give me an answer. I do,
1: I do, but um,
0: the big tournaments, the cash games. Do you? I mean, personally, I you know, Rufus is like, that I didn't is like discover Rufus, DFS for Rufus so has long. Just discovered DFS. I feel like well, I'm like i think I've thrown away the possibility of so much money just b- over the years, like. Yeah, but yeah. now it's you're too late a little bit, right? Oh, no. Like the early no. money was like there was so much to be made. Oh, my, retur- the, my returns in DFS are are much higher. Like on they're the better than negative thirty six percent. Much better. Okay, good. Good to oh. double di- double digit higher. This is going to sound
1: like the most made up story, and I assure you that everything I'm saying is the truth. But after Rufus got dicked around in that DraftKings. Uh, the tournament that he was in, where some people's wagers got created and they could get their their final bets in.
0: No, I'm not familiar with that story. What happened? Yeah, it's.
1: <laughs> I actually stopped playing DFS for a while just out of my bitterness towards DraftKings for a long time. Uh, I actually started again when golf came back two weeks ago. So it was
0: actually a pretty like, long break for me. You realize that was like that was like incompetence. It wasn't like anything that DraftKings did on purpose. They were just incompetent, well, right? Right during the con, well, but the after. I mean, how in the world are they going to handle that? Those good dudes, like until they you know they pay me, pay me some money, maybe you know have, have money. money. But, like but if that would have been well, nice.
1: If you're going to put on a tournament like that, you have to like logically account for these scenario- scenarios, right? I mean, could they not have even done you like? You guys a- don't,
0: you guys don't understand. You've never, but neither of you guys have ever worked for a startup, and like especially a startup like that, and and like unchartered terror. I'm not. I'm not excusing them. I'm just saying that at some level there is like this, yeah. I mean, there's always borderline incompetence in, in everything that we do. I mean, look at our government, so. The Score,
1: as it exists today is a digital company, I was working for them when they had four people. Right. And I guarantee we would have never made that mistake. Whoa. I would absolutely Johnny get fired. fired. Because we would have ran- Is it because of that Joey Levy? Guy? No, who's the guy that's the John, Score John, dude? John Levy, yeah.
0: John Levy, yeah. yeah. Joey Levy is a different dude. Joey Levy, I think, is the dude from uh, uh, Simple Bets. So, Simple Bets, no one simple knows bet. that. I mean, nobody knows what they do. Not even people that work there. But <laughs> it's a fair point. It's a fair point. All right, we got anything By else? By the way, somebody if somebody, has a if big somebody listening to tomorrow. this works for Simple Bet and knows what they do, let me know because I'm curious because I don't know. Hey, Rob, I'm golfing early tomorrow also. So. Should we play against each other tomorrow? Um, i golf My handicap against your handicap, and, and we'll basically just like tally it up at the end to see, see who would have won? I, will give you I my, don't even know how this works if we're on different courses. I, I will, course I'll, ratings. I'll, and,
1: I'll give you my legit handicap. So I, so I, I want to make it clear that I started golfing last year. I took yeah. up golf last year.
0: Me, me too. That's awesome.
1: My handicap. That means I can was, beat you. Oh, that, that, I, right <laughs> This year, I've been shooting between ninety-five and a hundred. Right,
0: Rob. That's actually incredible to break a hundred your first year. Like, I mean, I, it's
1: I, I put a lot of time into this. I thing. didn't. I didn't
0: break. Up, I broke a hundred for the first time in two thousand ten, which I guess I'd been golfing like with with regularity for like two years at the time, or a year and a half, two years. But you know, I'd played like a few times a year, but like in college. So my handicap right now is. I'm holding it up to the screen so you can see, but it's 28.2. Oof. I, I bet Jeff doesn't have a legit handicap. Jeff, you, do you? Oh, you, you want to bet me? What do you want to bet me? <laughs> I don't want to bet you. I want to hear what your <laughs> you handicap is. You just said I, I, I bet that Jeff doesn't have a legitimate It's handicap. a gentleman's bet. What, what does that even mean? We don't have gentleman's bet. First of all, we're not gentlemen. I don't know. So I, mean, the, you I was watching C-SPAN, and everybody on C-SPAN is, is a gentleman. C-SPAN or CNN? no the uh let's see what is it i can't see. 22.3 is that right yeah okay it's bad it's like uh i was starting to get a little bit better and then covid and ever since i started playing from covid every score i post makes the number go up so i'm playing i've been playing like a really easy course and even when i shoot in the mid 90s from this course my, my cap is going up so yeah it's uh it's i think it's because it's just too easy a course and it's just i would have to shoot like Sub 90s. If I want to like get my handicap any lower, so do we want to, Rob? We want to give out any um, any outright plays you have value on. I mean, for actually, people are do those. This, is, this now, isn't so. gonna unless Matt turns Ooh. us around quickly. This is not gonna post before Matt. Uh, Matt has COVID. I know his whole Matt family. I feel I feel awful for him. Like, um, I think he's okay though. I I mean, yeah. Uh, do we? do oh, well, you know, we could have find a late afternoon matchup or something, but actually this is you know, I, I'm not going to mess up the market, but. But, but what what is your matchup Rufus? But, just say it. I don't know. I don't have a matchup. I'm just literally looking at the outright odds in my numbers.
1: Well, like R- Rory's winning the tournament, right? Like he was what? Zero strokes gained putting today. And <laughs> well, like, mackenzie hughes sponsored by the score by the way
0: he gained like five strokes putting right five strokes putting, yeah. <laughs> yeah but,
1: I, and listen i i know that's not how math works but fuck rory was dialed in from yeah uh, approach
0: today yeah but i mean the funny thing is though it's like one round isn't doesn't mean that much and people are like oh fade the guy that was with, hot with the putter and all that and yeah he's going to come back to earth but like mackenzie hughes is not going to be priced like he's like the best golfer in the field he's still going to be priced like he's expected to be the like 110th best golfer out of 150 golfers or whatever
1: that's the biggest advantage right now to be had right is a lot of people can't determine the, the actual value on something they're just always expecting these numbers to regress i mean i, I heard this a lot last week too like oh Corey connor's putting you know he, he's, he's doing great and his putting's gonna get better and it's like he's an awful putter in general it's not like he, he might be negative strokes gain putting right now because he is uh, like a negative putter in general overall. So just expecting everything to regress toward zero is not a good way of looking at things.
0: Yeah, there's a lot more randomness in putting than there is in ball striking stats, but there's obviously skill in putting too. By the way, the worst putter in the field this week is, let's see, is it Corey Connors? It's not Corey Connors this week, it's Vijay Singh. <laughs> well. Followed by Vovan Van Pelt and J.J. Henry. Ooh, Bianchi and An is, is, is now – I have him as a worst projected putter. I have Corey Connors little, like, losing projected. Uh, projected losing .32 strokes per round to the field with the putter. And on the other side of it, Denny McCarthy gaining .6 strokes. All right. Let's let, let's let Rob go. He's got a big golf match tomorrow. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for um, joining us, Rob. We'll have to do this again um it, as a tribute to the thousand dollars that you're gonna owe to my charity of
1: choice
0: so thanks for joining us running off a